to our MBA podcast purpose is to help existing business owners grow their companies past the $10 million in revenue per year benchmark. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I am co-founder of Financing Solutions. Over the last 25 years, I've built six companies in the $5 million to $25 million range. And I can't tell you how important it is for businesses to have a line of credit so they can make an investment in their business or even for unexpected emergencies. Our line of credit program is easy to get in place, inexpensive when used, and costs nothing to set up, making it a great cash backup plan. If you'd like to learn more about our line of credit program, please visit us at fscreditline.com. That's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Or give us a call at 862-207-4118. If you apply today, we will even give you a $250 credit on file that you can use when you go to use your line. And just remember, the time to set up your line of credit is now, not when you actually need it. And, And believe me, from personal experiences, having a line of credit is your lifeline. It was has been for 25 years my lifeline. I wish I had this product 25 years ago or 20 years ago or 15 years ago that I could turn to instead of having to go to commercial banks. It would have made life a lot more easier for me. And now I'm running the company that kind of helps that. So uh, today I am very excited to be speaking with Christopher Burns from Men Mastermind. Uh, Christopher dedicates his life to coaching men to activate their purpose, power, and prosperity. He has been coaching men, entrepreneurs, leaders, and professionals for almost a decade and works with clients one-on-one in group coaching, home study courses, and hosts live events, retreats, and masterminds. Christopher, welcome to today's Entrepreneur MBA Podcast. Steven, thank you so much. It's great to be here and I'm super excited to bring the value and energy and make sure that people walk away with tangible, actionable steps to uh, grow their business. Yeah, and I, I really like today's topic too because, uh, you know, before I started my my first company, I was 30 when I was 29 when I did it. And um, I was working for Xerox and at the time, I uh, I just, I took a lot of courses and tried to learn like all of the what the best people did who were running their businesses. And I tried to say, okay, if I could just learn what they are like, I could try to see if I can mimic it. And I don't want to get into a long conversation if that was the right move or not. But I do think it's important to know some of the common denominators of successful business leaders. Um, and I'm talking about small business leaders too. I'm not talking about the Steve Jobs. I'm not talking about the Bill Gates of this world. I, you know, I think there's a quite a bit of difference between a company that's trying to get over 10 million than one that's trying to get over a billion. Uh, so, you know, let's talk a little bit about that. So, Christopher, what would you say is one of the top common denominators that you see in people who are successful in getting over? Um, the $10 million mark. And by the way, it doesn't have to be uh, a conversation about leadership skills. Okay. Mm. It can also be something that they, that you see that someone does on a constant basis in their organization as well. So, I mean, of all the people that you've coached, and I think it's great that you've been doing this for 10 years. I think that's important. What, What do you notice? Yeah, I think the the quality that we attribute to people who achieve greatness is a level of obsession. 
that is is uncommon to just about everyone else, right? There's this level of obsession and and there's this dance between I'm obsessed to to build something, to create something. There might be some some ego behind it. There might be some healthy pride behind it. And there also might be a sense of just a love for learning, a love for for trying new things, for expanding things, for for pushing the limits. And so for me, Stephen, that's what I notice is is a level of obsession that makes someone step out of the the norm. And uh, it's for me and the mentors that I surround myself with. So it's I choose to surround myself. One of my mentors, Jeremy, Jeremy Eugene Wilson. Uh, he is someone who. He has such an obsessive vision and he is intolerant to low standards. He's intolerant to people remaining at a lower level of capacity and greatness that they're uh, capable of in their life. And so I think that obsession that, that it's like strong. I strongly know who I am. I strongly know what I'm committed to. So that's that's what comes up for me is having that incredibly high standards as well as an obsession going after the thing that we love and the vision that we're creating. I like the word high standards. I don't know if I love the word obsession. Um, I, I think I know where you're what you mean by that. But there's two things that concern me um, with that. The first thing is, are you a complete jerk off with who you manage and who you work mm. with? Um, that's the first thing. We all know, like I said, not to talk about Steve Jobs. You know, that's a that's a Steve Jobs might have been a visionary, but he was the worst person in the world to work for. He mm. treated people very poorly. And um, so, you know, that's that's something that I think that we that you have to be careful with. The second thing is the thing I've noticed with sometimes control freaks, obsessive control freaks, is they they can't get out of their own way mm. to grow their business because they, they can only grow to a certain point And there's not really a revenue target that I'm thinking of. But they grow to a certain point and then um, because they can't let their staff do the work, they end up working in the business all the time instead of on the business. Have, have you seen those things too? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And especially when a, a company gets past survival mode, it can be easy to just go to all the seminars and stay in that, oh, I need to learn more. I need to just uh, accumulate more information. I'm not, I'm not there yet, right? I haven't made it yet. And I think there's a he healthy level of saying I haven't made it yet. But I also find that for me and the people I surround myself with, when we're able to step into the, the $10 million version of ourselves, $10 million leader and be that version of ourselves, then we're able to really shift uh, how, we, how we show up, how we take action, our behaviors shift, our strategies shift, our, our way of thinking and how we approach uh, potential problems and challenges in the world. That all shifts because we're coming from a, a different mind space. And there's this thing called borrowed genius. And Napoleon Hill talks about it and thinking grow rich, but borrowed genius is being able to take the, the perspective and the wisdom of someone who has qualities or experience or uh, something that you want and see things as they see it. So for example, if we wanted to, to make a, a revolutionary, evolutionary impact in the world, like Elon Musk today, we could borrow his genius and ask, how would he see the world? How would he show up? How would he take action? And that's something that we can really just write down. Uh, if anyone's listening right now, as far as uh, taking notes, like whoever's listening, write this down. How can I borrow the genius 
of someone who I admire? What, what is the genius that I am borrowing today? That's a really short, succinct way. What's the genius that I'm borrowing today? Right. And you can, you can borrow that genius and it's, it's, there's an abundance. There's an infinite abundance of this genius available to us. And we can use contemporary people and we can go back into, into time and grab from Socrates or Einstein or whoever it is and, and grab that innovative ability or um, whatever it is that we're looking for, whether it's people who are alive today or from the past, we can borrow that genius, Stephen. Yeah, I like what you're saying. Uh, I like that borrow uh, thing because you can kind of like try parts of it on size to see if it fits your personality, if it fits, you know, what you're trying to do. Um, I, I like that, uh, you know, you know what you're talking about there. I, I think, um, you know, I think I think you're right in that these the, all these uh, uh, people that you mentioned had obsessive uh personality, right? That's why, you know, studies show that entrepreneurs um, have a high, a much higher preponderance of ADHD mm. than, yeah. than the public, you know, yeah. that, that, that obsessiveness kind of comes out. Um, you know, so, yeah. And by, by the way, just to going back to your saying too, and I thought you were very uh, right in saying, I remember, I would say for the first seven years of my entrepreneurship career, um, I, you know, would read everything I could. I'd get books. I'd go to go to lectures. This is while I'm running my company, and I found, um, but I found over time that that was um, not. It was counterproductive, mm. and the reason being is that um, I would come back and have so many different ideas because I'm kind of like an idea factory, like a lot of entrepreneurs are, and then I come back and you know. I, I wouldn't implement them all, you know, mm. I, I couldn't. And so what I really found is I, as I got older and got more experience in business, I would, would actually tamper down. That's not the word word, a temper down the learning. Uh, and I would implement more. Yes. So I'd really yeah. focus on, okay, this is what I learned and I'm going to implement it and mm. I'm not going to go out and learn a whole bunch of other stuff because I, everything I know, everything I need to know, I kind of already know. And mm. I'm not saying it, I'm, I'm a big learner, so I'm not saying that's not the case, but I had to be really careful about not overdoing it. And just, I, I see so many people in general throughout life if they're if you find someone who reads a lot mm -hmm. and they read a lot but they just read they don't implement mm. what they read mm. right and so i found that for me personally it was better for me i already had the knowledge that i just needed sorry for that that's my dog all good so what do you think on that yeah the the big big thing that I'm seeing is today is how much information is available to us, Stephen. And what's important for our listeners to know and, and people watching this is when we are in the mode of constantly needing to fill a hole inside of us because we don't know enough. We don't, we're not, we're not being that version of us that is, that will go out and go do the things, then we will stay stuck there. 
So what's important is that we come from that place of, man, I've, I've already in our mind, we've already rehearsed, we've already played that out multiple, multiple times, dozens, hundreds, thousands of times, seeing ourselves already having done it. That mental rehearsal, that theater of the mind is such a powerful concept that talks about in Psycho-Cybernetics by Max- Maxwell Maltz. And these these are like really timeless things that we can do to practice and uh, and be able to accelerate our results. Now, when it comes to the doing, I 100% agree that many people are in this addiction mode to more information. I need more information. And, and, and it's, it's like a drug today, Stephen. It's like, you know, people need more, more content, more uh, satiation, more entertainment for their brain. And sometimes it's, in fact, most of the time, it's not sexy to go do the work. And uh, it can be easy to delude ourselves, to be delusional about well, I'm just going to go learn. And when I go, when I go invest in this $10,000, uh, you know, real estate in ex- experience or conference or personal development conference or $50,000 in this mastermind, whatever it is like, oh, that everything will get better. Like it'll, it'll solve my problems. And the truth is like, there will always be more challenges to, to solve, to address. And there will be the work that is continuously required. Even this, I love this concept of passive income, right? Because people, people are so enchanted, passive income, uh, you know, mailbox money, not having to do anything and having the checks continue to come in. And that's beautiful. I'm grateful that that level of consciousness is on this planet, that that level of awareness is people are thinking about that. And the practicality of it, as far as I'm aware, and the people who I've talked to, mentors, people who I've interviewed on my podcast, where I interviewed 800 people over like three and a half years, was that it still takes work. You still got to put in the work. You still got to maintain the things and make sure it's running after the fact uh, to keep that momentum going. And uh, a lot of people think that it's just hands off and it'll take care of them. But for me too, as well, Stephen, uh, I'm, I'm still still learning, always learning, right? Always learning. But the people who I see who are alive and kicking and creating new businesses at 60, 70, 80 years old and, and growing themselves, growing their business, that's what I'm devoted to. And there's this old concept of retirement where you hit 65 years old and, and then you're done and you, you go do something else. It's like, no, I'm going to invest my life to doing things that I love. So even if I am working, I'm going to work my butt off. I'm going to be obsessed, but it's about something that I care about. It's about a cause. It's about a movement. It's about a, a platform and people, a, a community that I'm devoted to, that I want to see better off. I, I want to leave this planet better for my children uh, than it is currently, right? I think that's a, a big thing for a lot of parents is we got we to gotta do something. We got to change something because how things are right now, it's totally unacceptable. And I think that's that's where a lot of the drive to get to that $10 million plus dollar business to grow businesses is to really um, know what's the vision of the world that we are committed to bringing forth. And uh, it's a big driver for, for me and I know a lot of successful entrepreneurs and business owners. Yeah, when you get into a coaching session with, with uh, your newer clients, um, and let's say, of course, they have an existing business, what are some of the common denominators that you usually have to kind of drill into um, to kind of really, because you, you instinctually, I'm sure you might, you know, you're listening, but you're, you're asking these questions to kind of see where they are in certain areas. So what, mm-hmm. where do you usually have to go initially to see, okay, where are they with this? So on and so forth. Yeah. Well, what's, what's interesting is when we talk about businesses, we think about systems and processes and, and all these things that uh, a traditional business when you think about challenges, problems, 
a business not working as well as it could. Yeah, we can look at the business systems and address that. And that is one place where I focus. And more so, Stephen, what I focus on is where, where is this person's life at? right? Where, where is your, where is your personal life at? Where is your health at? Where are your relationships at? Where's your spirituality at? And I think in, in, um, for a lot of people, they think they want to, you know, 10 X their income and it's like, okay, I just need more systems and strategies. And while that is a component of it, oftentimes there's self-sabotaging mechanisms and behaviors and habits that are stopping them from achieving that. They, they have attempted to do it multiple times, but they haven't been able to do that. So I really do a deep dive and I ask, you know, tell me about these areas of your life. Tell me what's, what's not working about it. Tell me, you know, what's that costing you by not having your financial goal or your impact goal or your uh, lifestyle goal by not having that, what is it costing you in these other areas of life? Because especially business people, I've noticed there's this, this uh, drive, right? Obsession, which is, is good. There's a drive to go get uh, and create results in the business and hit financial targets. But if that's at the cost of a romantic relationship or relationship with kids, for me, that's, that's not the whole picture anymore. That's, that's, that's not a holistically successful life, right? It's, it's almost, Today, I see it as easier to achieve uh, success in one area. It's easy for people to create healthy bodies, right? There's a lot of bodybuilders out there, but how how fulfilled are they really with themselves? Do they do they appreciate themselves? Do they love themselves? And I'm not here trying to get lovey-dovey, but like how we treat ourselves, how we look at ourselves in the mirror is one of the biggest factors when we look at our business, right? Our business is an extension of us. And so if we have limiting beliefs and views about ourselves and saying we're not worthy or being hard on ourselves and uh, potentially carrying traumas and things like that from the past, then we're going to carry that into the energy, into the organism of our business so that it it is then burdened by what we have not yet dealt with. So a lot of the stuff that I do with my clients is the shadow shadow work, right? Diving, diving into what are we, what do we not want people to know about us? What do we want to avoid talking about at all costs? Take those taboo things, put them in the light because shame cannot survive in the light. And a lot of, a lot of people are operating from shame today, Stephen. I'm here to here, free people from that so they, they can really be their greatest selves, be fulfilled, be self-expressed and truly reach their potential. Yeah, I get it. I, um, certainly when you're building the company, um, you know, you kind of, after a couple of years can kind of forget yourself, right? So Mm -hmm. that let's say you've gotten past that point where you've, you know, the entrepreneur hasn't done that or they've gone through that cycle where they're, you know, they're getting, they're, they're able to manage both their personal life and their business you know, and uh, what what is the number one thing that you look at at the business to see where they are with their business? What is the thing that you kind of zero in first? So there's there's two things really at the same time, but the the big picture is what what why are you doing this, right? Why are you in this business? What what is the impact that you're going to be creating? Is it something that's just a temporary short term gratification? You just want to stack up stack up the money in your bank account. You just want more cash. You just want to financially be successful, financially free. To what end? Why why do you want these things? Or do you want to really you know impact uh, the next next generation? Do you want to impact an entire society of people? So uh, that's number one is really getting clear on why are they doing it? Because if I don't feel personally for me, if I don't feel like someone's connected with that why, or at least digging to uncover it, then they're not an ideal client for me. 
I, I love working with people who are lit up with the work that they do. They know that they're making an impact in the world. They know that their actions, their behaviors will last long after they're gone. So that's number one is really getting connected to uh, the, the spirit of why you're doing the business and the spirit of the business and what it's, what it's going to do, uh, the movement and the impact it's going to create. The second thing Sounds super simple, but uh, it's really looking looking at the goals. Like, what are okay? So now that we have the why, what is your process to get there in the next three years? What is the target? What are you going to be accomplishing? Okay, that's that's beautiful. Let's focus on that. Now, in the next two weeks, how are you making progress on that? I think people either have clarity on one or the other. Stephen, it's they're either really crystal clear on where they want to get to in the long term, but they keep falling short and sabotaging themselves in the short term. And they don't have that, that, uh, all right, I got some urgency in the next two weeks. Like I got to hit these targets to be able to achieve those, those three-year goals. And we can break that down into bite-sized steps, but they're either that, or people are so focused on the day-to-day minutia that they're not taking the time to zoom out and look at that long-term three-year vision. Like, where do we want to be? What's, what's going to have to shift? Uh, what, what new, systems, processes, and uh, arms of the business is going to have to be in there to be able to achieve those goals. So I'd say those are the two two things that a lot of people um, are not super clear on, or if they have that, then it's really about accountability and following through on that that goal for themselves. Because it's easy to go into a one-day workshop planning, uh, goal planning, business planning uh, intensive and then walk out of it and go back into the 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 minutia, the day to day, the the already existing conversation about how the business is, whether it's it's perpetuated by the team or the existing culture there. Uh, it can be difficult to bring in new new goals and a new vision for a company if it's kind of just been trudging along. Uh, so I'd say that those are a couple of the areas that that I've seen and I focus on. So yeah, it sounds like, so I've had a lot of uh, guests who are coaches and I had a, per, I had a coach for 10 years as well for the business. Um, it sounds like your expertise uh, is usually kind of get more involved on the uh, personal side, the more yep. uh, vision side. And then, but you're not really um, on the, um, uh, the nuts and bolts of kind of, the keys for running a business. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I would, I would say that's definitely where, where I get lit up is the personal stuff I can do. I have an engineering background, so I can do the mechanics, the systems, the processes. And uh, another really great resource for anyone who hasn't um, studied it is Gino Wickman's Traction. Traction has some really great nuts and bolts systems and processes that you can go and look at and plug in. You know, that stuff, like I said, that's that's the stuff that a lot of people think that they need. And what I've found more so is the personal performance, the daily habits, daily routines, the way of being of how someone's showing up in each moment that determines the, uh, the success or the failure of the business. Yep. Now the, um, the people that you usually come to your men mastermind groups. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and you know, for those who may not know, why don't you tell us a little bit of what a mastermind is? Yeah. Yeah. So going back to Napoleon Hill's definition, it's when a uh, two or more people gather together in a spirit of harmony and, and cooperation so that a third and greater mind is born. What does that mean? It means that when I'm trying to solve a problem on my own, I have a very limited perspective. It may be resourceful, may be capable, but I am only one perspective. When I start adding people who I trust and respect and admire and have, who have uh, expertise, perspective, and opinion that I value 
then I will create a greater, more encompassed, more uh, holistic perspective to be able to solve that problem more resourcefully, more quickly, more efficiently, with less money, less time, all that good stuff. So um, in this mastermind, uh, I, it can all be focused on one person and a mastermind can be for the, the CEO to help the CEO achieve their goals and, and reach that, that vision, or it could be a mastermind helps each member individually to, to be able to achieve their individual goals. And we just spend time, uh, each for us, we spend time each week on each member, but we also have a deep dive call where we take about two or three people and do hot seat coaching with them to be able to coach them and uh, get new perspectives on their challenges. So in masterminds, uh, new new relationships, new joint ventures and referral partnerships have been started in our uh, Elite Men Mastermind that, that I host uh, to be able to create more revenue to create stronger relationships and, and more leads and grow the business. So that's been a big part of it. Uh, another another guy had challenges around his health and he just wasn't dealing with it. He wasn't uh, approaching it and, and uh, being accountable for it. And so by being in the mastermind, he was able to uh, get that off his chest and take care of himself first so that he could go invest more time and energy into his real estate investing and uh, grow his bottom line in that. And so that was a big, big shift for him because he had this mastermind and the support that he was able to share what wasn't working in his life. He didn't feel good, didn't have uh, energy, didn't feel alive, didn't feel an integrity with himself and could potentially have been sabotaging in, in different areas like his romantic relationship and his business. And uh, because he was willing to be open and transparent and share, then he was able to get that support, that feedback and clarity so he can take action. So Mastermind is really a, a group where people can uh, come together to share ideas, to support each other, it's really important, Stephen, that people feel uh, safe and that they feel like they're able to share whatever is on their heart and their mind. Because if there's one member who maybe is is really unaligned, is disaligned with the values, with the culture of the mastermind, and other people don't feel, uh, you know, like safe or that everyone's on the same page, then it will it will stunt the growth. It will stunt the authenticity, the realness, the sharing um, of the whole group. So it's really important as well that that. People, um, whenever you find a mastermind or uh, a group group of accountability brothers or sisters or, or people who are around you, um, that you're able to find a group that you're aligned with and that you trust to bring your issues and your challenges to. Uh, otherwise, it's just a waste of time and people are just looking good and maybe investing lots of money to be in it, but it's not really making the difference. So uh, I'm all about results. For me, it's it's not so much the status. It's about let's get results. Let's get people uh, transforming their lives and getting the results that they want. Yeah. So I um, follow my logic here for a second. I think uh, we, I, you know, so we certainly understand that your expertise is a lot of people who have these businesses. And let, let's say that in general, they're probably successful businesses in that they're producing profit. They're they're supporting the owner. But the owner is coming to you because he or she, well, in this case, it's a he, he's saying, um, you know, I have no personal life. My, you know, my, my, uh, my life outside of work is a mess. Uh, my work is obsessive and that's all I seem to care about and I'm not happy. Right. So that's why they're kind of getting involved with you, which is great. Um, so. You, you've been in a position uh, that where you've seen pr pretty no good number of successful business owners. 
And one of the things that you said is that they're obsessive about what they're doing, the quality and and everything else. What else have you seen a common denominator in these successful small businesses? A, a truly successful business because there's there's financially successful and then there's financially yeah, successful. No, I, I, yeah, I kind of mean um, that uh, it's before you've kind of gotten to them where you they've they've you know they've really now like after I'm sure. I mean, the nice thing about what you you're you're involved with is by them focusing on it by being with other people who have the same issue, they're able to really kind of pull it apart and start really working on that side of their lives. Right. But I'm talking about before they even get there, what have you noticed about these successful, you know, the common denominator, so to speak about what helped them with their successful business? Yeah. So I think the very first thing, as far as a personal growth for leaders uh, to to take that, that initial step to really make massive breakthrough, Stephen is to be honest with yourself I think a lot of people are, again, delusional and saying, oh, things are great. You know, life's great. I don't need any help. I got this. Like everything's taken care of. And time and time again, I've seen guys who think that they have to carry the, the burden and guys and women, you know, I'm, I'm, I specifically work with guys, but uh, I think men and women do it. Um, but it's, I gotta, I gotta shoulder this burden. I gotta do it on my own. I gotta figure it out on my own. And for me and for the clients that I've worked with, the more that they've asked for help, the more that they have told people and shared with people what they're doing, what they're working on, uh, and inviting people into, into, uh, joining, whether it's recruiting or, uh, selling or whatever it might be. It's really important that we are proud to 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 be where we are. We are we are we are grateful to be where we are, and we are not um, so ashamed to say, "Hey, I, I am where I am." Sure, I wish I was at a, a further point and and better off in in business or life or health or relationships or whatever it might be. But I'm I'm willing to be here. I'm not going to pretend like I've already made it. Because I think that's that's a, another big thing, especially with social media and everything that's going on in the world and, and all the how fast things are moving is the amount of comparison that's happening, the amount of comparison from, from between us and other people. I know that was a big challenge of mine when I was uh, growing. One of my clients, Kevin, who I helped launch his podcast, um, he was looking at all these successful people and leaders, and he was posting content on social media, but he wasn't really making the impact that he knew he was capable of making. And because we said, hey, what, where do you want to go with this? What's the impact that you want to make with this? What's, what's the why that you are, are, are driving for? Then he got clarity on that and he knew his message and then he started getting out there and sharing it. So I think a big part is being honest with yourself. And number two, it's like, I know who I am. I know that I serve people powerfully. I know that I have value to add. People may not know all of that or the extent of it, or they may doubt themselves and second guess themselves. I think that's for the rest of our lives as far as I'm aware, right? That that stuff's going to creep in. It's going to try to derail us, take our power away. But what's most important as far as I can see is like being being at home with ourselves, loving ourselves, being able to go to sleep at night. And when our head, head hits the pillow, we, we say, man, you know, I did my best today. I may have made mistakes. I may have let people down, but I did my best and I'm going to improve every single day to, to be a better version of ourselves. So that honesty, that willingness to ask for, for help and uh, really knowing who we are so that we can stand in the fires of adversity, of challenges, of problems and say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to my values. I may take the longer way, right? I may, I may be able to get some kind of get rich quick 
whatever thing, but I'm going to stand to my values. I'm going to stand to integrity. I'm going to stand to honesty. I'm going to stand to uh, serving people and giving more than I receive, right? Like these things are uh, going the extra mile. These are fundamental principles that I feel really set people in the direction of, of success and, and true long lasting fulfilling success. Yeah, it seems almost like what you're saying. Uh, and from my observation, I mean, I've been lucky enough to know hundreds of, uh, of business owners. Um, and I think there's this cross section between humility and experience. And, uh, you know, you, in the beginning, you know, the first 10 years, let's just say, mm-hmm. It's all everything you're learning, everything about being an entrepreneur. It's nothing, you know, nothing can prepare you for it. And so you're, you're learning and you're not really sure what you're doing and you're faking it. And, uh, you know, but then after 10 years, and I'm just using that as a random number, you start, you know, you start knowing what you don't know and you Mm. know what you do know. And you're not afraid at this point on because of your experience to say, well, I don't know this and that's okay. I'll either learn it or I'll hire someone to do that and I'll focus on my strengths. Yep. Right. And so, I mean, at that point, I see where people's personal lives well, they could, you know, they could get better at that point because you, I think you start really kind of working. You may work less hours. Um, I, I think there's a lot of factors that's involved in that. But I, I have noticed with myself over, a, you know, a ten in my first ten years, you know, that I started to feel really, really comfortable with, you know, knowing how to run a business. And I, I, I personally have never had an issue with balance. So mm-hmm. that's never been a problem for me. However, I know it's, it's a problem for 99 out of 100 business owners. Um, and I honestly, I would tell you is that one of the things that I found the most is a lot of people just don't have a lot of interests to, to distract them from, right. you know, you have your, you have your business and you have your family and then there doesn't really seem to be a time for anything else. And I've never really let myself fall in that trap. You know, I, um, and the reason being is that I just happen to be a very good multitasker and I can do a lot of different things, but, you know, and I'll, I'll tell you something, Christopher, too, that um, I've had a life plan since I was 21 years old and inside wow. that life plan, it sounds very simple, but it's, you know, inside of that life plan are principles and values and, and uh, my strengths and my weaknesses and what do I want out of my life and, and my plans, you know, and those, all those things. But I used to have um, my priorities. It would be in this order. It would be um, um, family work, health, continuous learning and giving back. Mm. And, and I, Several years into that, after I started my businesses, I, I changed it and I reordered it and I put health as number one mm. because I said, Oops. I said, if I'm not healthy, right, I can't be of any value to my family. If I'm not healthy, 
I can't be good at my job. And if I'm not healthy, I can't be good to myself. So, so where does that, where does that make an influence? It makes an influence in where I say either the night before or the, the, the that morning, okay, what am I going to do to give myself an hour today mm. so I can go exercise, play tennis, go hiking, uh, go biking, do whatever I want. And luckily my wife, has the same, she understands that. And I give her an hour a day. And that's been, you know, we've been married for 26 years. And, but we give, had that give and take where we both know we need this hour out of our day. Um, and it doesn't have to be only an hour. It could be more, but depends on the event that you're doing. Um, and I think that that's allowed me to love what I do for a living. Like you were saying earlier, like I don't, um, I, I want to continue to doing, I love what I do. Um, I have three companies right now and I, and I want to continue to do that into my eighties. Um, and, uh, you know, and then I already have plans for what I'll do after that. So, but I think, you know, uh, the, I'm, I'm trying to reinforce what you're saying. And that is, you know, you, you only have so much energy in the tank. Mm-hmm. And if you use all that energy at work, where, what is, what is left for everybody else? And I think you got to be careful with that because it's, it's, it's a marathon and not, not a sprint. What, what do you, what would you have to say about that? Man, I, I love it. Aligned with so many things you said, Stephen. Specifically, uh, I, I like to think of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And uh, my mentor, Jeremy, taught, taught me uh, really to double down on that as far as like personal performance and, and uh, expansion. I know a lot of people talk about it, but, you know, really starting with the, the body, right? How do, we, how do we honor the body? How do we really uh, put that, that first kind of level in there, that foundational brick that makes sure everything that we build upon it is not a house of cards. It gets to stand the test of time. It gets to to be something that lasts, right? So yes, honoring the body is so key. And and uh, before I'll, I'll go on those other levels of the, the hierarchy, because I think it's important that people hear it and and are aware of, hey, how, how am I doing on a scale of one to 10? Where am I at with my body? Where am I at with these other levels? But before that, I want to share about being uh, monodimensional in life and someone who only lives life for, let's say, the business. And that's like 90, 95% of someone's life. I personally, for me, I don't feel like that's why we came here. We didn't come here to do this one thing and, and that's all that we're going to be you know, remembered for. And, and for the people who accomplish great things like Steve Jobs or Elon Musk, you know, that's, that's what they're doing. For me, though, I like having this this variety, these different experiences, going on hikes, going and experiencing new things, going kayaking, going the, to laser tag or going to sporting events or whatever it might be, going to music concerts and uh, experiencing new things. So I'm, I very much so love the novel experiences of life, going to new countries, seeing different cultures. I told you uh, right before we started that I'm moving to Tulum, Mexico, uh, on basically the, the east, east coast of, of Mexico. And going to do that for about seven months with my wife. And it was something I'd never planned for before. I never planned that I would move out of the United States. I thought I would always live in Southern California to, to be 
transparent with you, uh, but then moved to Nevada and, and lived with my wife before we got married. And she's from Czech Republic. So she's like a world world traveler from Europe. Um, so she kind of got me in, in that mood. But when we traveled to Bali and hosted a retreat there about two years ago, just blew my mind. These, the different cultures and the energy and, and, uh, the people, different people. I love, I love connecting with people, seeing new things. So, um, that's a big part. Don't, don't live a, my, my wisdom to share with the audience is don't live a monodimensional life. There's so much available for us. There's so many experiences available for us. And if we are so laser focused that, that we, you know, run up to the top of the mountain and then we die once we get there, then we're going to be like, oh man, I missed all these sights on the way up the mountain. That journey was, was so magical, but did I actually experience it? Was I there? And, and the answer is going to be no for the people who are in a rush to, to always be accumulating more and, and things like that. So uh, getting back to the hierarchy. So body is number one. Number two is going to be the mind. Am I disciplining my mind? Am I disciplining my mind? Am I reading books? Am I learning new things? Even if it's a page, right? People think that they have to read an entire book a day to be, you know, to, to compete with social media gurus and personal development gurus. It's like, even if you only read a page a day, are you building the habit? Are you truly invested in learning and disciplining your mind? Third one is going to be nurturing the emotions. So are we, are we truly taking care of ourselves? Do we, are we satisfied with ourselves? Are we appreciating ourselves? Are we grateful? The fourth level is going to be serving our society. How are we contributing to the, to the people around us? So those first three, those are all self, really, really focused on self and making sure that we are taking care of self. Then we start to go external and serve society, expand our prosperities, the fifth level, and then shine our soul is the, is, as far as the soldier's uh, mentality and the hierarchy of, of uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs and our sol- soldiers, which Jeremy Eugene Wilson created. Um, so that's, that's the big thing is, is this. Um, I'm going to make sure I'm serving society so I can expand my prosperity and so I can shine my soul and be the best version of myself. So I'd ask everyone who's tuning in, where are you at on that scale uh, on each of those uh, between a one to 10 or one is not doing so well. It's like basically dead. 10 is thriving, alive, crushing it. Uh, where are you? And that will determine Stephen, uh, where people get to invest more of their time and their energy, uh, and, and be able to direct their life and have something like you, you mentioned with a life plan. It's amazing. I wish everyone had one of those because we would have a lot more happy, satisfied, confident, um, people in this world who, who know who they are and know what they stand for. Yeah, and I'll give my advice too. I mean, not that I haven't already, but the um, I would say is to those who are listening, <clears throat> spend more time strategizing. And mm. and the first thing you want to strategize is about your life. How do I, what do you want? You know, I mean, Christopher's really said it well in this podcast. What do you want your life to look like now, 10 years from now, 30 years from mm. now? It, you know, it's okay to dream about what you maybe want uh, out of it. Um, but I, th- I think that not enough people do that. And, and the fact is, uh, Christopher alluded to, to this earlier, and that is, you know, you're going to, when you're 90 years old, are you going to look back and say, um, I'm the you know, super so happy that I built this company, but I have three divorces and I have unhappy kids mm. and, and, um, you know, and I'm, you know, listen, you're 90. So, you know, but, but are you, there's 90 and you are a total mess and you can't walk and, 
you, you know, can't anything. And then there's, you know, 80 and you're in great health and you love what you're doing. Who cares how old you are? But, you know, but the second thing, so the first thing and, you know, is more, you know, think more about what your life, what you, what do you want it to be like? And then there was the second thing, which I usually tell when it's more business oriented is uh, the biggest issue I see is not enough strategizing for business owners on their business. You know, they're too busy doing not enough strategizing. And when it, I, I honestly, my favorite part of my week was when I would go to a coffee shop on a Friday at three o'clock for an hour have a cup of coffee and I either look at my life life plan um, or I would look at my business plan and see how I'm doing against it. If I wanted to make any tweaks or those type of things, that was my favorite part of my week. Um, so you, you strategize and then you implement and you strategize and then you implement. And uh, so that's, that's kind of my advice. Um, Christopher, uh, uh, that's really kind of all the time we have today. Um, but do you have any uh, parting thoughts? Not yet. Uh, I'm sure people are going to want to get in touch with you, but not yet. Any parting thoughts that you haven't already expressed? Yeah. Yeah. The one thing that I, I may have touched on, but just really dive in even more is is intolerance. And when when I think of Olympic level performers, people, the greatest, some of the greatest disciplined people in the world who achieve great things. Uh, I think of intolerance. I think that they are intolerant to, uh, to negotiating with themselves and not showing up for a workout. I, I believe that they, I know they are intolerant to, uh, having a diet, but then choosing to cheat on their diet and do something else, right? They are, they are so intolerant to that. They are, they are, um, relentless, with their focus and with their commitment to whatever it is. Now, when it comes to building a business, we can talk about intolerance to doing the fundamentals of building a business, to strategizing, to doing the work, to hiring great coaches and mentors, joining masterminds, going to events, whatever it is. Like I'm intolerant to doing anything but that. I must get these things done. I must show up. I must do the work. I must strategize. I must get the right people around me. That's all wonderful. Now, what about intolerance to those other areas of life that we were talking about? Intolerance to having poor health, intolerance to having a relationship that falls apart, intolerance to making excuses of why I'm not at my child's uh, sporting events or whatever, whatever they're, they're in, music events, uh, theater events, like intolerance, intolerance to, to operating from an old version of myself who I used to be 10 years ago who kind of keeps creeping back in. Like I'm intolerant to that. And instead I'm constantly reinventing myself and coming from the greatest version of myself. Uh, so that would be my, my reminder is surround yourself with people who are intolerant about you being the old outdated version of yourself and who are intolerant of excuses and playing small and not being accountable to your greatness. That's what I would leave our audience with Stephen. Oh, I, I like the way you put that. Definitely. All right. Very good. So I would like to thank so very much Christopher Burns uh, from Men Mastermind for coming on to today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And of course, if you're looking for a line of credit for your business, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at fscreditline.com. Again, that's FS as in Financing Solutions, creditline.com. Christopher, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? 
Yep. Find me on my website, menmastermind.com, Instagram, Christopher Colin Burns, and that's Colin with two L's, and then uh, facebook.com forward slash TH3 Burns. Those are my main social media platforms and website. And uh, let me know what you thought about this. And let's give Stephen a, a shout out. Take a screenshot of this, post it on your social medias, post it on your stories. Uh, let us know what you got from this. Tag us on social media. And we just really appreciate you uh, showing up for yourself, for investing the time and the energy. You could have been listening to any other podcast. So thank you for, for listening to uh, this podcast and really mastering yourself as a business leader. And for, for uh, Stephen, and thank you, man. Thank you for having me and for the value that you deliver to your audience, brother. Well, thank you for saying that as well. I, and I, I've said this on other podcasts, but I would just tell you that the guests that I have on these podcasts are really, really good. And if you just listen to each one of these podcasts, I, I really don't think you have to read much more. I think you can just listen to these podcasts and you will have a successful business and a successful life. Um, and, uh, I think that's how good they really are. I'm really proud to do them. So, and if our listeners are interested in getting any new business ideas, it's sometimes life ideas too. I tweet daily, um, about lessons for business owners at S Halasnik and it's my name. It's S and it's S H A L A S N I K. I want to thank you all for listening and, uh, just remember, what is your end game? Is your end game really just to have a successful business or is your end game to have a successful life? I think we all would agree having a successful life is everybody's end game. Have a great day, everybody. Get outside, smell the roses. Winter's coming soon, except for Christopher, who's going to Mexico, but everybody else is going to be going through the winter. All right, have a great day. See you guys.